All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. We preached on this last, not last week. We had a Jewish missionary last week, or missionary to the Jews. And I preached on it the week before, June 14th. So get your June 14th outline out. If you do not have that, raise your hand, and we'll get you one. Amen. I printed some up. Are they all handed out? Uh, where are the outlines? Uh, we have outlines. I know that. I, I printed them. Okay, good. All right, raise your hand again if you need an outline. Revelation chapter 21. Uh, last night I had the privilege of hearing Brother Rick Gravely preach on heaven, and so I'm going to back up a little bit and preach on it too because it thrilled my heart so much. told the story of his um, 43-year-old sister that never spoke a word, how he was looking forward to being on the banks of the river and listening to his sister speak and that's a real blessing and that's what heaven's all about it's reunion and so we see in revelation chapter 21 we we preached verses one through three uh two weeks ago so we're just going to back up and review just a little bit and try to get through verse eight revelation 21 uh verses one through eight let's stand in reverence and honor the word of god i take brother jason to a camp meeting he becomes a shouter one and one camp meeting that's good praise god uh, we had a wonderful week uh, down there, great preaching. Uh, you ought to go tomorrow night. I think Brother Johnny Pope will be preaching, and it'll be a wonderful time. If you don't want to go south, you can go north. Nellie Head, they're having revival with Brother Ricky Gravely, one of the products of our church. He was a bus kid and a church that we started in Chatsworth. The church failed, but he didn't. So he's the fruit of that church, and I thank God we have a part in his ministry. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through Eight. The Bible says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of the life of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all the liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful chapter that describes our future. And God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to let the doctrine of heaven and the reality of heaven and our home called heaven change our present uh, uh, life, Lord, that we'd not just be so occupied with the sweet by and by that we forget to be a witness in the nasty now and now and God be what you want us to be on this earth. Lord, thank you for the deposit of heaven in our hearts, the Holy Spirit, 
And God, help us to realize that we can dwell with you now. But Lord, even more so, we'll dwell with you in heaven forever. And that'll be what makes heaven for all of us. Lord, thank you for heaven. We don't deserve it, but God, you give it to us as a gift. And we thank you, dear God, for this description of it. And may God, we believe it and realize that one day soon we'll all be together in heaven. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And by the way, if there's one in here that's not going to heaven, I hope and pray that this night you'll make reservations for heaven and get born again. The Bible says that in human history begins in the garden, uh, and it ends in a city uh, like a garden of paradise. And everything that was uh, lost in the Garden of Eden is regained in this chapter. The eternal city of God is compared to a beautiful bride, the Bible says, adorned uh, to be with God. In uh, Genesis, heaven and earth was created. In Revelation, the hev- there's a new heaven and a new earth. In Genesis, there's a sun created. But in Revelation, there's no need of the sun. Revelation chapter 21, verse 23. Uh, in Re- Genesis, the night is established and In Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, there's no night there. Uh, The sea is created in chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 10, but there's no more seas in chapter 21, verse 1 that we just read. The curse is announced in chapter 3, verse 14 through 17, uh, the curse of sin. And then the Bible says there'll be no more curse. That's uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, and that's going to make heaven so beautiful. No more curse, no more devil, no more sin. And then we see death uh, enters history, chapter 3, verse 19 of Genesis. But in chapter 21 of, of this our chapter, our text, verse 4, there's no more death. Uh, chapter 3, verse 24, man's driven out uh, from the tree. In chapter 22, verse 14, God brings back the tree, the tree of life. He didn't want Adam to, and Eve in their fallen state to take a part of that tree and live forever like like that and so then sorrow and pain begins in chapter 3 verse 17 and then in revelation chapter 21 further 21 4 there's no more tears or pain so folks everything that was blown by sin is restored by the savior that's why there's a new heaven and a new earth coming down from heaven and folks it's uh, john beholds it verse 1 the first heaven passes away the Bible says it very clearly, passes away. Uh, Brother Kent Hovind was uh, making fun of all the evolutionists. said there was a big bang theory that came out of a soup and, a, and a, a plasm and it exploded from nothing into everything. And, and folks, there will be a big bang and that big bang is going to be to destroy everything and God's going to make it all new. And that's First Peter or Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, so we see... Uh, uh, the first earth passes away, the sea is no more, and then we see a new people. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Uh, God promises eternal presence with the Lord. Look at verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. Now, I want to tell you what will make heaven uh, a blessing. More than being with your mom and daddy, this went on, and more than being with some uh, of, of our former members, and I was trying to think of all the members that have uh, died and went to heaven, many of them, and uh, I'm going to try to write them all down in the leaf of my Bible soon. I got that idea last night from Brother Rick, 
And, uh, you know, I think about all the, the saints of God. Even this past year, this, uh, this previous year, uh, some of our best members went on to be with the Lord. They're, they're with God. And they're, they're with Him. What a reunion. So there's going to be a reunion one day uh, with all those folks that we love so much. Our mama, our daddy. Uh, we'll get to see them face to face again. But most important of all, the Bible tells us what's going to make heaven so beautiful. And that is that uh, there's going to be God's people with God. The first heaven and earth was prepared for the first man and woman uh, and their descendants. Our first parents sin, usher death, decay upon this beautiful world. And creation is in bondage and travail. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that there's a travail uh, and a bondage on creation now uh, because of the sin curse. But, uh, but folks, listen, even in heaven... Uh, you know, it's going to be beautiful that we're going to see him as he really is. God promised his people a new heaven and a new earth. I want you to see two verses in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17. The Bible says in chapter 65, verse 17. Now look at it very closely. It says, for behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth. And the former shall be, uh, not be remembered nor come into mind. Isn't that wonderful that uh, 698 years before the fact of Jesus Christ's birth, he's predicting that one day in the near future, God's going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Now look at uh, Isaiah 66. What's so precious about the uh, book of Isaiah is the gospel of the Old Testament has 66 chapters like we have 66 books. But look at this. The Bible says in verse uh, uh, 60, chapter 66, verse 22, uh, For as the new heaven and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And so, folks, uh, we see the old creation must make a way for the new creation because it's been tainted by sin. In Matthew chapter 19, turn with me there. Matthew 19, just setting a foundation for these few verses we're going to study tonight. Matthew chapter 19, and uh, the Bible calls this a regeneration of the earth. Not of man, but of the earth. Ma uh, Matthew 19, and look at verse 28. The Bible says this, And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that which has followed me in the... Follow me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of glory, and also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, uh, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. It says in the regeneration. That refers to the new heaven and the new earth. So, uh, folks, we're going to be with him. And uh, he's going to outshine them all, as that, uh, that old song says. And I won't tell you who wrote it. Jesus will outshine them all. And uh, he will. He'll be the light of heaven. There'll be no need for the moon or the sun that he created uh, to give us light. And uh, Peter explains the, the cleansing and the renewing uh, by fire. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 13. It blows apart. And then we see in Revelation chapter 21, uh, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. So there's a new format there. So the characteristic of this holy city is that it's a holy city. Chapter 21, 
Verse 27, the Bible says, And there shall be no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the only way to be holy is through His holiness. So it's a holy city. And then it's a prepared city. The disciples were distraught in John chapter 13 because he said he was going away and not be their political leader. They were looking for a, a Donald Trump or, or they were looking for somebody. And uh, they were disappointed because he wasn't going to stay with them and, and, and conquer the Roman Empire. And he looked at them and said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house. Or many mansions, if not so, I told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's a great description of death. You're received by God. And he said, y'all, uh, he said, the way, uh, he said, uh, he said to Thomas, uh, you know the way? And he, uh, and he said, well, how can we know the way? And, 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 and uh, Jesus said in verse 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There's only one door. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. Jesus speaking. There's only one way to heaven. You say, oh, that's too narrow. Well, that's, that's the Bible. The Bible says there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so we see that there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, but praise God, there's going to be a new people. We're going to have uh, the, the eternal presence of God. God claims His people forever. Look at verse 3 back in our text real quick. Genesis uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. So God promises, A under point 3 on your outline, an eternal presence, but he claims a people forever, and God is their God, because he said, he said, And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and, and, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And so, folks, listen. Uh, it's a prepared city for a prepared people. And then it's a beautiful city. Uh, verse 2 says, as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, have you ever seen an ugly bride? Don't answer that question out loud, please. Most of them have a little shield over their face. No, it's not shield, what's it called? Veil. It might be a shield who they're marrying, praise God, but it's a veil. And they walk down that aisle, and they're always beautiful. you know, And, and they're really beautiful in the eyes of the groom. Praise God. I'll never forget this one old boy. He was getting married back here, and he forgot his shoes. He lived in Murray County. I said, praise God, I ain't going to lend you shoes. I ain't going out there barefooted. And finally, the shoes arrived by the, by the uh, uh, haste of the relatives. and went all the way back over to uh, Murray County. We was over there panicking, putting things off. Then he got out here, and he did exactly what I told him not to. He locked his knees and just about passed out. The best man had to pick him up. And, hit, and the bride hadn't even come through the door yet. Uh, that's enough to, uh, for some people because a lot of you married up. You ought to pass out that you got somebody that looks a lot better than you, man. But I want to tell you something. Thank God for that. But it's a beautiful city. It's like a bride. Beautiful. And uh, just perfect uh, for what we need. And, and then the most important thing about the city is that God dwells with His people. John chapter 1, verse 14 talks about why he came to this earth. And look, look at it, John chapter 1, verse 14, real quick. The Bible says this, and I want to get to my main point, and we'll, we'll, we'll leave early tonight. John, since y'all can't take uh, no air condition. The Bible says in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, 
The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we see the first time that He dwells with us, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is described in John 1.14, and then it's described in Acts 7, verse 48 through 50, dwells with the church. And then, praise God, some of my favorite verses in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, He dwells in us. He dwells in us. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The Bible says this. Um, I'm in second, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own? For you're bought with a price, and therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then also the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1.14 that the Spirit of God is the earnest of heaven. Earnest money is a down payment. And so, folks, the down payment of heavenly joy, heavenly peace, heavenly purpose is being yielded to the Spirit of God. But both the tabernacle and the temple had a veil that stood between men and God. And this veil was torn in two the exact moment when he said, It is finished. And Jesus said in this passage of Scripture, It is done. And folks, I want to tell you something. The heavenly city coming down is going to be beautiful. And it's going to glorify the one Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. But folks, I want to tell you, even though God dwells in the believer today by His Spirit, we still don't have that understanding and that fellowship of how precious it is to dwell and enjoy Him personally. You know, it's one thing to, to um, have a long-distance relationship. It's one thing to talk to your honey on the phone, husbands. But it's another thing to be with her. And one day we're going to be with God. That's the emphasis here as the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of tribulation. and It's not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And our whole emphasis is revealing Jesus. And folks, the revelation here is that describes heaven. It's a wonderful place. It is so wonderful that in verse 4 he had to describe it with a contrast. Some things that no more. And for a thousand seven years, people have been crying in heaven. We'll be crying in heaven for a thousand seven years because of the judgment seat of Christ. And then the great white throne judgment. We see our loved ones cast into hell that we should have witnessed to. There'll be many tears. And, the, and some, people, some gospel songwriters write, there'll be no tears in heaven. That's about as unscriptural as you can get because the Bible says God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Now, how in the world can there be no tears when he's wiping them away? But he wipes those tears away and helps us to forget and, never, and, and not be remorseful and regretful for all eternity because we did not have any crowns or maybe we let somebody go to hell. But folks, I want to tell you something. The reason that he says no more is there's just no description of how great heaven's going to be. He says no more. No more what? Death. You know, nobody likes death. Um, it's, a, it's the last enemy. There's been some sad funerals around here. There's been some sad funerals. Miss uh, um, Jackie's grandson died tragically Sunday night. Tragically. The worst way you could die. 
And folks, there's, there's heartache and heartache, pain and agony. People suffer that dreaded cancer and, and um, uh, disease after disease. Uh, people drive crazy. I'm, not, I'm surprised more people aren't killed uh, on the highway because uh, everybody's driving one-handed these days. Amen. We're all guilty of it. Say amen. You're texting and driving. You're talking and driving. I remember when telephones used to be in a phone booth. Hallelujah. Stephen Baker was crazy enough to have a phone booth ministry. He'd go to phone booth to phone booth and leave tracks. I remember when I used to have a pager and I thought I was high tech and slick. I had a, Brother Daryl, do you have a pager? You probably had two of them. Yeah, you had two of them. Amen. Didn't let it fall in the ocean either. But anyway, uh, and that thing would go off, and boy, we'd look for the first phone booth. Praise God, we was important. We got a page, hallelujah. I, I loved it. I mean, somebody paged me. I thought, boy, that's, that's high tech. I just felt it on my belt. And we'd pull up to that phone booth, and it'd be Connie saying, don't forget the milk or something, you know, and a bill of emergency, you know. But I'm telling you, friend, one day, one day, we're going we're gonna, to be face to face. And there'll be no more death. I can't, I, I tell you what, friend, there's some sad times that we've had to say goodbye to people that we knew were lost. I mean, one of the saddest funerals I believe that I ever preached was to our neighbor that I witnessed to for years and wouldn't get saved. Nicest guy in the world. He'd fix everything in this church. He was a plumber, painter, everything, but he'd never come to church. We had a great play one time where uh, there was 500 people here and there was people in the hallway and everywhere and there was a little old curtain back here and we were singing, I'll never forget I sang my first solo, Whispering Hope or what, I don't know what it was. But it was behind that sheet and we threw some people into hell. That was fun. And, uh, and you know, we had, and we had a half-naked man sit, uh, hanging on pieces of planks up here at the cross and we tried to picture Calvary. I thought it was a pretty good play. Miss Inez is still living, 90-something years old. Still driving, that's another reason you're south road. And uh and and still and still Miss Inez, amen. She calls me all the time. And folks, I want to tell you something. He came to the door with his whole family and turned around and walked back home. As far as I know, he went to hell. And he's burning forever and ever and ever. Folks, there'll be no more death. And there'll be and listen to this, there'll be there'll be no more sorrow. That's a sorrowful time when somebody goes to hell. You can't, you can't rewind it. If your loved ones go to hell, you can't take it back. There's only one chance to witness. And then uh, it says, neither nor, nor crying. See, when he wipes the tears away, man, the joy bells ring and praise the Lord. Neither shall be any more pain. Isn't that going to be great? How many has arthritis in here? Don't raise your hand, it'll hurt. Amen, Brother Larry? We battle it. Tell you what, older you get, you're going to get it. I guarantee you, there's, there's no doubt about it, you're falling apart. I mean, say you're falling apart, amen? I used to jump out of bed in a sprint. You know what I do now? I roll out of bed and try to get to the elliptical. And then I sit there and say, man, i got to do this 10 miles. This is going to be terrible. And I agonize and whine and cry and do it anyway. Why? Because I don't want to get all stoved up in my old age. We're all getting older. Amen? I remember I used to drink caffeine drinks at 12 o'clock and sleep like a lamb. 
Now, if I drink one after 5 p.m., I'm up all night looking at your faces, praying for you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Counting sheep. It's terrible. The doctor the other day said, you got to give up all caffeine. I said, this will shoot me now. How are you going to wake up? I'm telling you, friend, get caffeine-free coffee from Dr. Howard Turner over there. Amen. But anyway, the veil is torn in two now, and we see him face to face. There's no more pain. There's no more former things. They've all passed away. And folks, here's the crescendo of heaven. Look at it now. And he that sat upon the throne shall said, Behold, I make all things new. And he, and he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now, folks, how do you know there's a, a heaven? Because the Bible says there's a heaven. How do you know that three people died on the cross? Because the Bible said you wasn't there. You was not there. Yes, you really were there. You were in the middle cross, and your old nature was uh, crucified. You need to reckon it so. You need to keep him buried. Romans 6, 13. Heard a great message by uh, a man that's going to be here, Milton Taylor. Uh, August 8th, I can't wait to hear this unusual preacher. He's hard of hearing, and he, uh, he enjoys his preaching more than any person I've ever seen in my life. Amen. He's, he's a tremendous preacher on the victorious Christian life, reckoning yourself dead. But you wasn't there. You, don't know, you didn't see that. But you believe it because you read it in this book. Well, the Bible says that heaven is going to be wonderful. We're going to describe it next week, verses 9 through the end of the chapter. But the greatest part of heaven is that one day we're going to be with Jesus. And we're going to be with him face to face. And the only man-made thing is the scars in his hand and the scars on his feet. I'm telling you, friend, we're going to realize that he paid it all, that he spared our life until we got to heaven. And we're going to have a wonderful time of rejoicing, of reunion, and rewards. The three R's of heaven. I preached it a hundred times at, at funerals. And blessed are they that die in the Lord, not in the church pew when the air condition's not working. I'm talking about in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, their works do follow them. And they shall rest from the labors, and their works do follow them. But I'm just going to close with this. The true believer is an overcomer. And folks, he inherits all things. Look at verse 6. And it said, and he said to me, it is done. That's, that's the heavenly uh, city. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. And I won't get into the neighborhood of hell in the next week, but I want you to know, folks, after the Chicago fire, 1871, Dwight Moody made a terrible mistake. He didn't give an invitation that Sunday night, and he never never preached again without giving an invitation. And many thousands perished in Chicago, 1871. But evangelist Dwight L. Moody went back to survey the ruins of his own home. And a friend came by and said to Moody, I hear you lost everything. And well, said Moody, you, you, you understood wrong. I have a great deal more left than I lost. What do you mean, the inquisitive friend asked. I didn't know you were so rich. And Moody then opened his Bible and he read verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I'll be his God and he shall be my son. Let me just close by saying this, friend. Heaven ought to do something in your life right now.
the reality that you're going to heaven ought to change your present tense. Number one, it should prove that you're born again. Because Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says, where your, heart, where your treasure is, is your heart. Your treasure ought to be in heaven. You ought to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Number two, it ought to produce Christian character. Look at 1 John 3. 1 John 3, real quick. 1 John 3, verse 2 and 3. Right before Revelation. The Bible says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And it might be way of rapture, it might be way of death, but when you see Him, listen to what the Bible says in verse 3. And every man that hath this hope, not a hope so, but a hope I know so. It's a hope in Jesus. It says, And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So it produces character. And then patience and joy is developed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And in verse 1 of chapter 5, talks about a city that's made of God. It's heaven. Heaven ought to be a motivation for you to have joy and patience and because you're a pilgrim passing through, and then it promotes spiritual faithfulness. And folks, I want to tell you something. One day it's going to be over. And heaven is like the helmet of salvation. We know we're going there. And one day the battle's over. We're going to arrive in heaven, and we're going to keep fighting and keep being faithful until the end. Revelation 4.11 says we'll cast our crowns at His feet. And folks, I believe that... Um, Heaven ought to be a preservative against sinful living. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3, and I'll close with these verses. We'll go home. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are where, what? Above. There ought to be some heavenly values, and heavenly purpose, and heavenly patience, and heavenly joy, and hope. You're not just the average citizen of Dalton. You're a citizen of heaven. Look at this. It says, Those things which are above, seek them, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are, we are, we, ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Heaven's mentioned 500 times in the Bible. John mentioned it 50 times in the book of Revelation. Folks, it's my home. I love that song, and I tried to sing it one time at a funeral, and I thought the person in the casket was going to raise his hand and say, stop. But just think about stepping on shore and finding the heaven. Reaching out and touching a hand and finding it the Lord's. Breathing new air and finding it celestial. Realizing that you're stepping on shore in your home. Aren't you glad you're going to heaven? There might be someone in here go to heaven this week. Everybody says, oh, I wish you hadn't said that. That's got to be me. No, I'm just saying you ought to anticipate going home. And you ought to look forward to it. And realize one day you're going to see daddy again. You're going to see mama. I'm going to see that mama. Spelled through the Bible. 
When she couldn't come, she couldn't pronounce a word. She'd spell through it so she wouldn't miss the blessing of it. Taught me the Word of God as a child on her knee. Read it every day. Godly, I'll see that mama. I'll see pappy. I'll see grandmama. I'll see daddy. We'll, 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 we'll catch up on lost time because sometimes he'd pass out before he'd get to my little league game or he wouldn't make the PTA meeting when they crowned me last in the class. No. But it's going to be a great day of reunion. But I'll tell you something most important of all is we'll see Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter. Thank you, dear God, for the description of our home. Thank you, God, for the description of our next stop. Thank you, dear God, that we're one heartbeat away from eternity, one aneurysm of the brain from eternity, one stroke, one, one, one curve, one hilltop away from eternity. And I pray every person in this room knows without a doubt that they're saved, that they're going to heaven. And Lord, I pray that we that are saved and going to heaven, we'd live like it. We'd take others with us. We'd be encouragers. We'd have the heavenly peace and heavenly joy and heavenly purpose and power in our life that would be undeniable testimony that we're pilgrims passing through and that one day we'll reach out and touch a hand and find it the Lord.